Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. So glad you could join with me. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting show today. Uh, I have Connie Zwig with me, and she's written an amazing book that is good for all ages. It's called The Inner Work of Age, Shifting from Role to Soul. And it offers a radical re-imaging of age for all generations. Psychotherapist and best-selling author, Connie Swig reveals how to use inner work to uncover and explore the unconscious denial and resistance that erupts around key thresholds of later life. Attune to your soul's longing and emerge renewed as an elder filled with vitality and purpose. She explores the obstacles encountered in the transition to wise elder and offers psychological shadow work and diverse spiritual practices to help you break through denial to awareness, move from self-rejection to self-acceptance, repair the past to be fully present, reclaim your creativity, and allow mortality to be a teacher. Sharing contemplative practices for self-reflection, she also reveals how to discover ways to share your talents and wisdom to become a force for change in the lives of others. Woven throughout with wisdom from prominent elders, this book offers tools and guidance to help you let go of past roles, expand your identity, deepen self-knowledge, and move through these life passages to a new stage of awareness, choosing to be fully real, transparent, and free to embrace a fulfilling late life. She is a retired psychotherapist, former executive editor at Jeremy P. Tritcher Publishing, former columnist for Esquire magazine and contributor to the LA Times. She's known as the shadow expert. 
She is the co-author of Meeting the Shadow and Romancing the Shadow and the author of Meeting the Shadow of Spirituality. I certainly recommend this book. It has been enlightening and, and, um, and an exciting book for me to read. So I am so delighted that she is here to share her wisdom with us today. Welcome to the show, Connie. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I think I think that your book, I mean, at first thought it was, oh, my, and then it was like, this is important stuff. This is, you know, I'm 78, and I have found that every decade I have, I have opened to new excitement and new magic and new wonders, and it's a thrilling process. And your book helps people to understand that 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 same thing. It's it's just. Um, I, I think it was an amazing book for me because it, it highlighted some things that I've done and some things that I haven't done, and it certainly helps to give you greater clarity as to the process of aging and how it is really the entree to a new beginning in in another role. So um, I'm so delighted that you can share your wisdom and and be here with us today. So you talk about the inner work of age. You want to kind of take us through what you mean by that? Yes, but let me say that your experience of each decade being exciting is not very common. It's quite rare in our culture because we live in such an ageist environment, you know, where the messaging from our families, from the media, from schools, from clergy, our messaging is that young is good and old is bad. So I am so thrilled to hear you say that you find each decade exciting. And it seems to me that each decade through the lifespan has a different task. You know, it has different meaning and purpose. And so when you continue to to find the excitement as you have, as well as the meaning and purpose, um, you can move toward life completion with a lot of gratitude and peace of mind. But if you internalize that ageism I'm talking about, then you may end up either denying your aging or feeling ashamed, embarrassed about it, about changes in appearance or changes in memory or other kinds of physical limitations that start to come up. And then, you know, you end up sort of losing your chance to take advantage of the opportunity of our longevity because many people grow depressed with these limitations. Many people begin to feel invisible and powerless. So part of the purpose of the book, as you said, is to really walk people through a series of practices to move from senior or what I call hero, heroic midlife journey, to elder. And the nobility of the archetype of the elder is kind of lost because of this ageism we're talking about. So the inner work of age is about becoming an elder and aging from the inside out. 
learning the psychological and spiritual practices that allow us to really feel fulfilled in this stage of life. And so the book takes us... Yes, go ahead. No, I think one of the the important things, for me, at least from my standpoint, one of the things that that I found important in, in everything you said was you kept... You, you kept going back to creativity, and to me, um, that's that's one of the in my life. That is one of the major things that that I have learned that I am I am not incapable of learning anything. It's a matter of you know, do I want to w- put the time into it? And there was a time where somebody told me I couldn't do something, and so I accepted that. And then I got to a point where I said to myself, wait a minute, they don't know me. They can't tell me I can't do something. And uh-huh. I, found, I found that not only could I do it, but I did it better than them. So uh-huh. it, it, the, the creativity is so important to to stretch yourself, to keep stretching yourself, because we are very elastic and we can do anything we put our minds to. So because my training as a depth psychologist is really to help people orient to the unconscious or the shadow, I explore creativity in the context of what was unlived and repressed or buried in the shadow. So if we grow up in a family that accepts academic performance but not artistic ability, then our gifts uh, for the arts, for music, for painting, whatever they are, may be buried and sacrificed. And now we ha- with this longevity, we have the time to actually reclaim some of our creative aspirations that we've lost along the way that we couldn't explore while we were earning a living and supporting a family and so on during our heroic time. So I call this creative repair because it's really about uh, the self-expression that was lost along the way and that we have the opportunity to live out now. So, yes, creativity is really a part of um, the gift, the opportunity of this time. Um, Also, working with this internalized ageism I was talking about. So, Mm -hmm. in the shadow, there's a part of us that I call the inner ageist. And that part of us carries the denial and the dislike of growing older. So it's really important to learn how to work with that, become conscious with it, and don't let it control us. And then there are all the issues around retirement. And that's um, a really big theme for everyone I've interviewed and a big chapter in the book. And, you know, for me, the deep question is, who am I when my roles fall away? You know, when I retired from clinical practice, who am I if I'm not Dr. Connie, the therapist, the shadow expert anymore? And that returns us to our spiritual work and those existential questions about if I'm not what I do, then who am I or what am I or what is my meaning? 
And so there's a lot in the book about how to explore that. And I borrowed this phrase from the spiritual teacher Ram Dass, shifting from role to soul. So for me, retirement is an opportunity for moving our identity with our roles, with what we do, to our spiritual essence, whatever we call that, you know, whatever tradition, affiliation, or lack of affiliation you have in your spiritual world, it might be um, Christian or Jewish or Buddhist, you can kind of fill in there what I'm calling soul. So um, this shift from role to soul is an opening that's just waiting for us. And I don't really see it discussed anywhere in the literature on aging, but I'll tell you where it is. It's in all of the perennial traditions. So if you, you know, look at the teachings of all the great religions in the world, they all teach that this time of life is about contemplation withdrawing from the world of materialism and responsibility and doing contemplative practice or spiritual practice. So for me, that's one of the key themes in the book. Another key theme is life review. And so I teach people how to review their lives and really distill their life lessons from their stories. taking the time to stop and contemplate what were the key events, what were the key, who were the key people, and what was unlived, what is in your unlived life that you might want to express now. And then, you know, there's emotional repair. So a great part of the inner work of age is giving and receiving forgiveness. And we really need to explore how to do that. And, and, you know, one of the reasons for that is we don't want to die with regret. We don't want to be seriously ill or in the dying process saying to ourselves, if only, you know, oh. if, only I had, if only I had said this or done that. And so this emotional repair is really central to becoming an elder and to releasing the past and being able to live fully in the present moment now. And there's also spiritual repair. You know, what are our beliefs now? Um, Given who we've become, not our old childhood beliefs that we haven't ever re-examined, but what do we believe now about spirit or God or the divine or soul, whatever we call it? And what kind of practice would fit who we are now in that context? And so these are all tools and practices for the inner work of age um, that are really available to anyone, regardless of circumstances. It's just about finding the guidance to be able to go along this path to become an elder. Well, it's certainly one of the tools that, that I, I, I used a lot of your tools to get to this point. And one of the tools that I used was the um, there's a program out there called um, Story Worth, and you sign up for it. And once a week, they send you a question about your life, 
and you answer it, uh-huh. and you send it back to them, and at the end of the year, they bind it into a book for you. And uh-huh. um, because I haven't had, you know, I haven't lived close enough to my grandchildren to be able to, you know, pound into them all of the family history and stuff like that that normally you get at the dinner table. Um, I did this for a year. Now, now I will admit I, I, I cursed it from time to time, but at the end of it, I took a look at it, and it was my life. And, uh. you know, it was my, my grandparents. It was my belief system. It was moments that stirred me. It was things that inspired me. It was an amazing um, process to go through, and, and it, it – it was it was amazing for me. I you know I certainly I gave it to my grandchildren and after I've passed, I'm sure they'll raise it. But but um, sort of like it gave me a chance to reflect on a lot of aspects of my life that I hadn't really you know I lived them and that was it. But I didn't look into them more deeply. And in in answering these questions, I did look into them more deeply and I learned a lot about myself. So um, self-reflection and, and going going into your past more deeply is really a very exciting process. And for me, the structure of once a week having to do this, um, it, it worked for me. It it may not work for everybody, but I think it was it was an adventure. And and I think I'll do it again too because certainly. I have more things that I can look into. I mean, we always do. That's great. But, but, That's great. <clears throat> but, you, you know, know the spirituality... Uh-huh. Go ahead. People are finding all kinds of ways of doing this now. Some people are making videos to leave as a legacy, and uh-huh. so they explore their, their life story, and they do a life review, and they leave it on video for the family. Some people are writing memoirs, yeah. And, you know, really exploring through writing. So there are many ways to do this. When I teach workshops on Life Review, I teach it in a particular way um, to map the key moments in our lives and also to include the dimension of shadow, which isn't typically included. In other words, you know, if you um, got married early and had a family, what went into the shadow, what had to be repressed in that situation. Or if you had a high-powered career, what went into the shadow, what had to be repressed. And so you get, you end up after this long process with a sort of 360-degree view of your life. And then you can turn that into a story. I think that was one of the the, the things that I I was, um, <clears throat> that I was impressed with with the book, the fact that everybody has shadows. I mean, you can't live a life and not have shadows. And, you know, being able to reflect on them and, you know, what did I give up for this? What was what did I put aside for this? And going back and, and, and you know, just coming to terms with what you had done with your life, what you had put to the side, is really important for people to understand. And uh-huh. but but I, but I think also important is the fact that as a spirit we're here with a journey with a purpose and we're here to learn things and experience things and sometimes what becomes a shadow is is something that that 
is not addressed this lifetime because there were other aspects that that were more important, but they they as well are important to recognize and validate as well. And and a good time to do it is, you know, when you're older. Yes. And you know, you can do you can use different lenses on your life review. So I interviewed Father Thomas Keating, the founder of Centering Prayer, and it turned out to be just a couple months before he died. And his interview was a spiritual life review. It was really the, he told me the story of his spiritual development. You can do a relationship life review or your body's life review. There are many, many um, sort of lenses that you can use to do that practice. Well, you know, the other thing that I've decided to do and I'm working on is um, creating a video of my funeral because nobody Uh knows me better than me. So, Uh you know, starting out with, well, you're all gathered here, so I must be dead. And, you know, just sort of like conducting it the way I would want it conducted instead of people being tearful and whatever because it's a joyful experience to to transition into the next phase of spiritual development, which is, of course, off the earth plane. So, you know, I I want people... Go ahead. I I have a whole section in my book called Life Completion. Uh And, you know, what is involved in moving toward life completion? And I think that that the video you're making is a very conscious way of um, setting up that transition for yourself, you know, in the way that you want it and in the way that you want to be remembered. So that's beautiful. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's, yeah, not that I'm looking forward to it because I'm not, but but you know it is inevitable and it is coming, and so why I have a sense of humor and I want people to remember that, not 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 get sad and teary eyed, um, and and I loved the anecdotes that you put put you scattered throughout the book, I thought they were fabulous, um, oh, I that's great. especially like. I especially like the one about the man who was looking for his keys. <laughs> so um, let's talk about let's talk about you know you're you're describing what I call mortality awareness. Yes. And for me, that's one of the qualities of becoming an elder because if we're in denial of death, like a friend of mine said to me, "Well, I'm 67. I don't have to think about that yet." So if we're in denial of death, then we're not going to be able to experience death as a teacher. And that urgency, when you recognize the shortened time horizon that you have, the urgency that comes with that and the questions that arise with that. So there is a chapter on aging into awakening for uh-huh. people who really feel, who really want spiritual development as their priority. And then there's a chapter on elder activism and the call to serve. Because there are people who, you know, when they awaken to their mortality, want to give back, want to contribute. 
And especially now with all these multiple crises that we're in, you know, we need the voices of the elders now. And so there's a chapter about that and how to really heed the call to service as an elder. So my sense is that, you know, mortality awareness can lead us in different directions for different people. It, sometimes it depends on whether we're introverted or extroverted, um, whether we're doing caregiving or not, whether we're, you know, seriously engaged in grandparenting or not. Uh-huh. But there are so many different um, possibilities for this stage of life that, you know, I wanted to be sure that I um, really explored all of the different options that people have. Well, I think you did a great job. Um, I mean, I can't imagine anybody reading your book not being able to find themselves in in certain different categories. Um, Uh I I was a teacher for 25 years. I still teach. Doing the radio shows is a teaching experience. And at the same time, I'm learning. So, So in many ways, now I've got two master's degrees in teaching. The radio show is my Ph.D., because uh-huh. I get authors who are who are experts in their fields to give me an hour or two hours free of charge of tutoring. So, uh-huh. I mean, I've got it made. <laughs> yeah, so you found um, a beautiful contribution that's really unique to you and your own form of self-expression. And so I want to suggest to our listeners, you know, to just kind of ask yourself this question, what is it that only you can give? What is your unique contribution to this time that we're in? And to really explore that and find a way, as you did, Barbara, of, you know, turning who you are, who you've become into your gift. Well, in a in a way, hasn't the pandemic given the world a time out for people to explore just that? Well, I think some people have used it that way, and some haven't. You know, it it for some people, um, it's been very depressing and confusing and isolating. I think people who live alone have had a very hard time. People who don't have financial resources have had a very hard time. But others have, you know, others have really taken to Zoom and continued learning and giving and exploring. And, you know, for me, I teach all my workshops online now. So it's it's really been an incredible um, silver lining to the pandemic. Uh But I, but, you know, that's not true for everybody. No, and, and it's unique to everybody. And and it's an adventure to find it. And, you know, sometimes we need the quiet and, and the solitude to be able to let those things float to the surface for us. And, um, yeah. and you know, it's sometimes it, it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I think the one thing that, that, um, that, that the journey through life has taught me is that, you know, I'm here, my spirit is here for a reason for my own spirit's development. 
And it, that doesn't necessarily mean that I stand on a soapbox and talk in front of large groups of people. It, it means that there are qualities about me that, that are evolving, and I should honor them and, and go with them, whether, whether it's painting or crocheting or knitting or gardening or writing or doing radio shows. But, but it seems that, that if a person is paying attention to where their spirit takes them, that they can't go wrong. Well, I call this learning how to attune to yourself. You know, because many of us have been so busy, we've only been focused outward. And that's one of the transitions with retirement, is suddenly that outward focus falls away. And we're not the doer anymore. And we need these tools to learn how to attune to ourselves and to our own soul. What is the soul whispering to you now? What is it longing Uh. for? How is it guiding you? But if you don't slow down and get quiet, it's very difficult to do that. And this is why I've always taught meditation in my clinical work and in my teaching. I teach meditation, especially when people want to do shadow work and work with the unconscious, because we need that refuge. We need that quiet inner space to be able to return to. Oh, absolutely. To. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, medita- you know, and, but, but meditation, okay. <clears throat> I mean, the meditations that, that, that you, you outline in, in your book um, are wonderful. But at the same time, everybody will find in their lifetime, if they seek it, the kind of meditation that is appropriate for them. But a lead meditation is certainly the best way to start out. No doubt about it. What meditation? Lead meditation, where someone leads you into it and oh. and sort of you know guides you through the first the be, a beginner's. And you know, once you once you understand the concept of it, then you then you find what's appropriate for you, and you click in. I call it a click in, um, where you can go to that place inside of yourself and be quiet and still and listen. And we get messages from spirit constantly. Being able to be aware of them is is probably one of the best tools anybody could have. Yes, that's right. So I really tried to present, you know, a range of practices for people from different uh-huh. uh, orientations. Um, some people need a teacher. Some people don't. Uh, some people are more comfortable with just sitting still and practicing mindfulness. Other people are more comfortable with a mantra or a focus on the breath um, uh-huh. or a word, you know, so there are all, or a visualization. So there are very many different kinds of practices. Every religion has a mystical stream. And all of those streams are available to us now. They've been democratized, opened up. You know, they used to only be there for a select few practitioners. And they're all available now. So um, when you feel a resonance, 
with a particular teaching or teacher or practice, you can follow it and cultivate uh, this connection to your inner world. And that's part of becoming an elder, what I call a connection to pure awareness or to the transpersonal or to the transcendent. And that connection to your deeper essence, as you say, Barbara, can guide you in this stage of life, can orient you, and can give you um, a new sense of direction. Well, yeah, you speak about, you know, the difference between a senior and an elder. Senior seems to be age, and elder seems to be wisdom. Well, I like to say an elder is a stage, not an age. So, you know, one woman can be an elder at 50, and another is not an elder at 80. And the Uh reason is that... The reason is that the 80-year-old has not done the inner work. And so she may feel bitterness and regret, nostalgic, um, ashamed. And these are the kind of qualities that we want to work through with the inner work of age as we become an elder. So it's a stage of awareness or a stage of development that results from the inner work. That's how I frame it. Yeah, it makes it makes a great deal of sense. I, I, you know, have run across the term shadow aspect in in a number of places, and it certainly made a great deal of sense to me, and and sent me on an exploration for, you know, what shadows that I have that that I haven't addressed, or what shadows that are still deep down inside and, you know, saying not now but later. And, uh, you know, it, it's, um, it's an amazing journey when you're, when you're looking into yourself. And by, by dissipating the shadows, you enlighten the light that comes into you. And it, it, it makes life so much brighter. Yeah. You know, the language is tricky. Um, Carl Jung, at the in the early years of psychology, more than a hundred years ago now, coined the term personal shadow to refer to the unconscious. And you know, Freud had believed that the unconscious only contained negative, dark, um, difficult material. And Jung said, no, it contains anything that gets repressed. Like we said earlier, it could be a creative, a creative talent. It could be a feeling. You weren't allowed to express sorrow and feeling sad, and so that's buried in the shadow. And so that's about, you know, shadow content. But my work over these decades, uh, which I call shadow work, is about how to form particular figures or characters out of that shadow content so that you can make a conscious relationship with them and work with them. And so the inner ageist is an example of that. Or it could be the foodie or the liar or the thief or the depressed one or the abandoned child. So those parts, which are often unconscious, can be made conscious and then 
we can have a different kind of relationship with them so that they don't control us and lead to self-destructive behavior or hurtful behavior with others, like the critic. The critic could be criticizing yourself or it could be criticizing others. And so we use shadow work and we find that um, as it becomes more and more conscious and we understand why it formed and what it needs, then it starts to lose its energy and it starts to lose its influence over us. And we have a more conscious relationship to the unconscious in that way. Yeah, I, I, I think there are times when a situation will arise and I will have a knee-jerk reaction and I will step back and say, wait a minute, <laughs> what am I reacting to here? And, you know, is there really a purpose to it? And and oftentimes it's like, no, that's just a habit that I formed that I no longer need. So, you know, I there there are times where I will where I will have to back up and say, "Excuse me, can we go back?" Because I want to rephrase what I just said because that was knee-jerk, and let me put a little more wisdom into my answer. So, um, I think that that it's it's important to recognize those things that we have. Um, put aside or repressed because of the need of, of survival in many cases or or just, you know, we made a choice and now it's time to balance that choice out. That's exactly right. And, you know, when that shadow material erupts sort of outside of our ego's control, um, I think you're doing the exact right thing, which is we take a breath and we try to repair in that moment. And sometimes that's apologizing, it's taking responsibility, it's recognizing that we may have been projecting, unconsciously projecting onto another person, whatever's going on. And we try to um, make a more conscious um, repair of the situation. I, I have found that those are always, for me, great teaching moments. Um, I won't go into the lengthy story, but there was a woman that was always mean to me, and and my inclination was to be mean back, and then I realized that if that was the case, I w- she was holding a mirror up for me. She, she was doing me a favor. And if I uh-huh. responded in kind, I became her, and that was the last thing in the world I wanted to do. And it was like, uh-huh. wow. And matter, matter of fact, it actually became, um, I'm an ordained minister, and it actually became one of my sermons, you know. Pay attention. When, when a mirror is held up before you, um, make your choices. So, That's um, really beautiful. That's really beautiful. It, it, it worked, and it was a great sermon. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think, again, Age gives you the reflection if you want to stand in front of the mirror and pay attention to it. And, and that's, that's why I get so excited every decade because there are new frontiers that are about to be entered upon. I got two years before I hit 80, and I can't wait. Um, so, I mean, I do have to wait, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like I just can't imagine where we're going next. Um, but, but I think that your book is so important for people to understand this process of, of, of shifting and understanding the, 
the journey we're on. And it's a great journey. It's an adventure. And, and to, to, to be able to totally enjoy it, you have to understand where you are on this road. And your book gives people a, an opportunity to find where they are and, and to, to contribute to the process instead of being um, just exposed to it. Yes, to actively and consciously engage it rather than just be passive about the process and, you know, kind of let it happen. Yeah. And, well, you know, it, when, it, I was, when I was facing my own retirement in my late 60s, I, I began to feel disoriented. And as I started to talk to people, I realized how many baby boomers were feeling that way. And uh-huh. I went looking for material to read about age in the unconscious, and I couldn't find a thing, not a single book. And that's why I said to my husband, oh, my God, I think I have to write another one because <laughs> I had to do it for myself as much as for, you know, my tribe out there, all the baby boomers, 70 million of us kind uh-huh. of um, – in this new longevity and without the guidance to become an elder. Now, indigenous cultures have a very different process for becoming an elder. They have rites of passage, and the respect and reverence are built into the culture. But in our sort of white, post-industrial, post-modern, you know, uh, European orientation, we don't have that. We have the message, young is good and old is bad. Independent is good, dependent is bad. Strong is good, weak is bad. And all this messaging is not um, supportive of all that you're describing and the way that you're experiencing your aging. The culture, it's against the cultural grain you're experiencing. And, you know, we saw a lot of ageism during the pandemic. We saw people in nursing homes and the way they were being treated. We saw um, ageist comments on social media about letting, just letting the old people go. You know, we see it in terms of the healthcare conversation. We see it in the movies, in scripts where people are patronized you know, or only portrayed in limiting ways. And so we take that in and we have, and there are consequences. There's a woman psychologist at Yale who has spent her career studying the health consequences of internalized ageism. It affects our memories. It affects our cardiac health. It affects our longevity. It affects our experience of retirement. So Uh this is a whole kind of mind-body reaction to these negative associations and images about aging. And I really wanted to counter that. I wanted to offer ways for people to work with their unconscious beliefs and attitudes about growing older, about becoming ill, about retiring, you know, because if we don't do that, we just lose the whole opportunity of this new longevity. And we lose Absolutely. the um, 
Yeah. The emotional opportunity and the spiritual opportunity and the contribution because people are depressed and they're immobilized. So that's kind of how this book came about. And, you know, it's, it's been extremely rewarding, Barbara, because I've been teaching many, many workshops online and meeting my readers and really hearing directly how the book is affecting people. And I have more than 40 reading groups now. I'm calling them wisdom circles of uh-huh. people who are, reading the, who are reading the group together and going through the practices together, six, eight, ten people in a group, and they're online, and they're forming intimate friendships, and they're aging in community. And that's just been so gratifying. It's just been really, really wonderful. Well, I've often told people that if you if you feel the need for something and you search for it and you can't find it, then create it. And, uh-huh. you know, uh, a number of years ago I wanted to do a spiritual development group and I couldn't find one. So I created one online and we had 100 people all around the world that, you know, uh-huh. every week we got together. And it's sort of like don't be stopped by the fact that something doesn't yet exist. It just means you have to create it. That's all. And this book really arose out of my own need. I created it out of my own need. Uh-huh. You know, and I interviewed I interviewed Ken Wilber and Jungian Analyst and Krishna Das and Thomas Keating and rabbis and, you know, and really... You had- you have the full spectrum here. I couldn't figure a, yes. an area you missed. <laughs> yes, it's non-denominational because I didn't want anybody to feel left out, you know. So it's not dependent on your beliefs, not dependent on your um, your circumstances. Um, the inner work of age is really universally available to people. Oh yeah, and and I think that that's that was one of that that was that was what for me was so much fun, all of the people you interviewed and and all of the wisdom that that came from them, I, it's it's magical and this whole process is magical, and to be a part of it and recognize you're a part of it is really important for people. There isn't a person out there that isn't a part of this whole process. Well, aging is one of the things that all of humanity has in common, right? We're all aging, yeah. And even though people are trying to um, scientifically reverse aging, for now, that's not what's happening. For now, we're all growing older every day. And it's important to understand it and explore it and see what it means for you. And as I said, it means different things to different people, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I just, I just feel that that your book opens a lot of doors for people. It gives them a lot of new directions they can go in, and and it encourages them to do. I, you know, my 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 forte is the spirituality, and so I just, I just value so greatly the spiritual aspect and, and finding the spirituality in other people. But lots of times they don't talk about it, but it's all there. 
And the more you talk about it, the more excited you get about it. <laughs> well, I can feel your enthusiasm. It's, it's contagious. Well, you know, it's for whatever time you have, why not why not stretch beyond whatever the limits are and and just see what's, you know, beyond the next hill or over the next mountain. It just uh don't stop. Keep going because there is no end to it. That's what that's what is so magical. The spirituality is constantly expanding ahead of us so that we are never going to get to the place where we have arrived. Until until we pass into spirit, but then I think the journey continues. So so it's sort of like you you handle what you what you have control over, and prepare for what is next. It's sort of like, you know, what what areas in life do I need to expand even more? And um, I'm fortunate. I have a radio show. I find authors all over the place. I learn from everybody. But I mean, not everybody has that opportunity, or nor wants it. But but I think everybody is has so much that they yearn to have done, and don't realize that you're still here. Do it. And and you had a whole list of people that didn't do anything until their seventies, eighties, and nineties. So yeah, you know, age yeah. age is not an excuse to not do something. So let's, unless, you know, unless of course it's it's not smart. <laughs> so let's um, focus at the end now on the shift from role to soul, because okay. we've spent a lot of the conversation on doing, and you know the deeper uh, dimension of this book is about awareness or consciousness. The consciousness uh-huh. with which we do what we do or don't do, you know. So the shift from role to soul is not about doing or not doing, more doing or less doing, more volunteering or less volunteering, starting a new career or not starting a new career. The shift from role to soul is about consciousness, identity, our identity uh-huh. as the doer, right? As when we're in the when we're in midlife, we are the doer, or our identity with what you're calling spirit. I'm calling soul, but it could be uh-huh. you know pure awareness or consciousness or God right. or the divine. And so, how do we make that internal shift in awareness, regardless of what we're doing? So whether we're knitting or building a new corporation, that quality of awareness, I am that, I am consciousness, I am spirit, is the response to the question, who am I? Rather than when we're in midlife, the response is, I am the doer. I am how much productivity and success I achieve. And what I'm suggesting is that if we continue down that road, there's damage to us. There's damage to the soul because we're not entering the next stage of life. We're hanging on to the doer. While the doer is 
brings us great success, it then becomes a shadow figure and begins to sabotage the spiritual purpose of age, the spiritual purpose of age, which is to identify with spirit or the transpersonal or the universal, what we call today non-duality. Yes. This is the spiritual purpose of age. But it's not about whether we're doing or not doing. I don't want to create a split between doing and being because people tend to reduce what I'm saying to that. And that's what I, I'm not saying sit around and do nothing, be a couch potato. What I'm saying is do the inner work that allows you to shift your identity from hero to elder, from role to soul to who you really are and to becoming so free in that identity that you're less attached to the outcomes of your actions. You're less attached to what's happening in the world around. You're less attached to um, what happens in your, to your body because there's an inner freedom that arises when you identify with your spiritual nature. And that's the deeper, you know, pardon me? I said absolutely. So that's the deeper message of the book um, that people seem to be asking me about and not quite getting. And And so I wanted to just take the time to clarify that with you because your audience is is spiritually oriented. And so if you know, you know, if you know that you are spirit, it changes everything. It changes how you experience how you experience each moment. It changes how you experience relationships, how you experience your doing. All of that is shifted when you can shift from rule to soul. And so that's been, you know, what I've really wanted. That's the gift I wanted to give to people. And um, and that's what people are beginning to experience in these groups as they do the practices together. Well, it's, it's too part of that, and I forget who made the comment, uh, the, but... You know, you have to understand you're not um, a human on a spiritual journey, but a spirit on a human journey, so that so that your real identity is the spirit, not the avatar, but the spirit. And that's what's learning, that's what's growing, that's what's expanding. And it's a joyful, joyful celebration, a, a dance, a cosmic dance of creation. It's amazing. So, and, and I think your book is wonderful. I think it helps people to get there. And, and you know, it's, it's a, a good textbook. It's a good place to go back, and it's a good reference guide to sort of remind you of the process of, of what the spirit is going through each lifetime. And Thank you, Barbara. This, Thank you. It it really it it works, you know. I you know I I totally admire the time and the age that went into the wisdom that you share in this book, because you couldn't have done it in your twenties. Oh, that's for sure. 
I mean, writing Romancing the Shadow in my 40s was a completely different experience than, you know, writing The Inner Work of Age in my late 60s. Completely different experience 20 years later. Internally, just ima- you know. Just imagine what you'll do in your 70s and 80s. <laughs> well, I now have 73 years of life experience, so I'm in my 70s. Okay. And, um, yeah, and... And uh, it's very rich and very rewarding. So thank you for your support and your enthusiasm. I, I deeply appreciate it and for your time. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. And I, I just noticed the clock that we're, we're out of time. But <clears throat> that's only a radio show time. The cool thing is this will be up on YouTube and this radio show will be out there on the on the waves on, on the electronic waves for generations. So um, the the wisdom shared here is eternal, and people will be able to listen to it for decades and decades and decades. So I'm I'm so honored that you enabled me to put all this information out there for my listeners. I'm honored that you read the book and invited me, Barbara. Thank you deeply. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to dig into your library. We will talk again. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you very Take much. Care I so yourself. appreciate it. You Take as care well. Yourself. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Everybody, thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. Please check this book out. And listen to her wisdom because it is quite profound. And all of us are going forward in time. We're not going backwards. So if, if you can't relate to it immediately, I promise you, you will come to a time when you go, aha, and it becomes magical for you. So I will be seeing and talking, well, talking to you. I'm not going to be seeing you. But talking to you um, later in the week, I think Jeannie and I are going to do a show. And if not, uh, certainly, you know where the calendar is. You will find us all over the place. So have a wonderful day, and let your light shine. Bye-bye now. <laughs>